0: Hi everybody, I am Peter Travers, this is Popcorn where we tell you what's happening in the culture And of course people, it is time, Westworld Season 2 is back It made us wait, I have a really long time, I mean I think it's like a year and a half to get this But it's here now, and my guest today James Marsden is back as Teddy Flood um, Human? No, um, robot? Maybe, I don't know I don't know. What are you, James? What, what do you feel like after <laughs> playing this for so long? Well, what is human? I guess.
1: Um, yeah. I. Uh, well, uh, I'm spoilers. I am. A, I am a. a, a <laughs> I didn't a, even a, ask you anything. A sentient yet. host. Yeah. No, I'm just programmed <laughs> like a robot to launch right into a question, even if it's not there. Forgive me. <laughs> That's I right. did. I have my
0: programmed answer. Yeah. This is
1: the way it's going to be. What am I? I mean, I guess those are the big questions that the show asks. Without. Uh, getting too deep here because the show will take care of that Mm -hmm. but um yeah i you know i I, it's the 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 robots on the show are more human in in many ways than the humans are and i guess that's one of the interesting parts of it and what we explore what it means to be human we're holding a big mirror up to ourselves and uh... And season two is a further exploration of that. It's more than a further, you know. I can spoil away, but then I'll be
0: killed by HBO or somebody right. will come and get me. But I think it's fair for me to say that in season two, there are in the robot land of there some kind of
1: revolution going on. Um, yeah, the, all the rewords. It's re- retribution, it's revolution. It's season. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've... The leashes have come off, and and they've they've now got the power of uh, choice and their own free will, and you know the power dynamic has definitely been turned upside down, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with their free will now. That um,
0: don't tell me it's going to be interesting. You know exactly
1: <laughs> what they're I'm doing. i trying to ride the line <laughs> of vagary. Be, you know. Yeah, here but it is. Uh, it's exciting, but I can't tell you too much. But um, isn't it a lot like being an actor anyway? Well, that's the sort of epiphany that evan and i had it should have happened earlier but towards the end of the first season was we were discussing um just the nature of the the reality of these hosts of these robots and it started to sound very much like what it means to what the life of an actor which is you come you 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 go to work you're programmed to well programmed you're you're given a narrative you're given these lines you, they yell, "Action!" You start, you stop, you reset, you do it again. Sometimes you're dragged through emotional trenches. That directors uh, are constantly telling you to be human. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah! <laughs> They're well, saying, "I no, want and, a real reaction here, and yeah. multiple times." Uh-huh. You know, so th- there there was some sort of perverse. Uh, um, a realization that, uh, yeah, as actors we kind of, we have suffer the same fate sometimes. It's an I enjoyable ride most of the time, but... Well, I think it is, but you know, know it isn't, it, you you're part of the equation.
0: <laughs> you get to be, even <laughs> though you're
1: reading. That's right. Reading. It is It is not against our will that we are forced to do this. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we and are you're adding to something to it as well. That's true, yes. It even is though when I
0: look at you sitting there, I feel that I could be a guest at the theme park and oh, shoot you and do, like, anything to you and you will survive it because I've never seen a character killed as many times as.
1: Yeah. Teddy is. Yeah. No. He's a. He's a. He's a walking bag of bullets in the first season, <laughs> um, and it'll be interesting because this time around it might be a little more difficult to get stitched up. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Oh, are you sliding into spoiler territory? <laughs> no, I just think that now that it could be, you know, the the stronghold that the humans have and uh, the the safety precautions uh, that existed in the park are have sort of ruptured, and you know, the 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 T Rexes are out, uh, you know, picking up uh, <laughs> picking up jeeps and tossing them. <laughs> That's kind of what's happening. Uh, so. I hope that doesn't spoil anything, but we have T-Rexes in the second season. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <There> it, <is. laughs> it, was a, it was an analogy. It was. I, it, it, was, was a some, Crichton, yeah. it was a Crichton analogy. He didn't analogy. really mean to I say stayed anything. in the Crichton world. You did.
0: And so you're excused for anything <laughs> like that. But beyond um, that, this show has yeah. a lot of philosophy in it.
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, there's a the thematic... Uh, um, uh, the premises, the, the themes that run throughout are, are always always there. But they, you know, they, uh, the, Jonah and Lisa, the showrunners, uh, you know, they have a very good discipline about playing fair with the audience. So they don't want to make the whole thing just a big massive puzzle and a headache for people to try and figure out. They want to make it enjoyable. And um, but there's there's depth to it. There's layers to it. There's there's um, uh, you know there's within the fabric of the show are these really important themes about you know what happens. When this population of oppressed um, gain the power of choice and power of freedom, and and what do they do with that freedom? um, Maybe they potentially could take on the the, the ways of the oppressor. Um, Yes, they
0: could. You're right. But it is. There are times when it does give you something to think about. So what on this set is it like? Do you guys kid around on a set like this? In between the massive murders and uh, these
1: things happening, it is uh, it is vital. Uh, we we uh, it's a necessary part of the pro- of the process. Uh, Evan and, and I, obviously, Evan Rachel Wood and I spend a lot of time together, and and we do everything we can to lighten things up. Many many times the show's turned into a musical mm-hmm. on set. As it um, should.
0: <laughs> As it should. That's
1: next. We've done we do this thing where we we rehearse <clears throat> our dialogue because we don't want to really exercise the performance yet, just yet we want to leave it open to exploring we do the lines as Ron Burgundy which a lot of them sort of lend themselves to it's like it doesn't look like anything to me Dolores <laughs> so we would, we would that would be sort of our way of just keeping things light because it does get very very dark and perverse, and uh, in, in an interesting way. But uh, yeah, you have to joke about it on set to keep things light.
0: Well, now it's in my mind, and I just I, I want Teddy to be programmed as Ron Burgundy for at least one episode. And <laughs> I why need not? To borrow and,
1: your mustache. You can.
0: Okay. And everything in that show, um, in terms of who you can be and how yeah. you can change your personality. Yeah. So many possibilities
1: to make it a musical. It's funny this cast. Everyone sings. Tandy, Jeffrey, Evan, even uh, Anthony Hopkins, Ed Harris sings. Was Anthony
0: Hopkins bursting into song in that season one there? Was he, he, would,
1: he would he would run over to the piano <clears throat> in between takes and play. And be beautiful pianist. And he would really play well and, and you'd hear him humming songs occasionally, yeah. But even Ed with, on top of the horse would just be like, you know. I mean, who's the most fun to have on this set? I spent a lot of time with Evan Rachel Wood and she's She's a brilliant uh comedic actress. She uh I, I want to see her and she's she can she's like she's like a Looney Tunes cartoon sometimes. She's very animated and her, her her face, her eyes, like she can convey so much as you can tell when you watch the show. I mean, she's brimming with um fury in this in this in this second season, but by doing very little, but uh, she's very very funny. And uh I think, you know, she's probably because I spend the most time with her um the most fun to work with, as far but everyone is. Who's know? most like the character they're playing? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I'd say Ed Harris, but he's he's not. I mean, I guess <coughs> what I mean is he's the most right for that character. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like you just he's see every black. fiber of his being is like that that cool man in black who's a badass. And um, but he's not. The darknessness isn't necessarily mm-hmm. there. You know, the sort of psychopathic. Uh, killer isn't there obviously. You know, we we El Cut and he throws me a baseball mitt and we go play catch. And that's how he sort of was like So we got Anthony Hopkins on the piano, no. got Ed Harris and I throwing ball and then, you know, Evan like pretending to be Bugs Bunny. You know? It's a very <laughs> sure. serious it's a very <laughs> serious show.
0: I don't know, with you it's watching your career trajectory. You're like sometimes too good looking for your own good and people say Well, <laughs> well yeah. Well come on. You win these awards. They right, say baby. yes, <laughs> he's too good looking to play this. Right? He can't. But you, I Peter. always right. see.
1: Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to but do that because I, no I have no other way to react. Well, no to, to, to react other to other than to blush. But and you get know that
0: people say that you get awards. They say he's the handsomest in the in the globe. We've
1: actually had satellites. footage. I looked footage. at my mantle, those those awards weren't up there because <laughs> they, they would be there if I got them. They weren't there, really. No, I saw it. I think there was a. gq GQ said it
0: everybody says that and yet when i see you yeah i'd love to see you i'm an (laughs) ogre
1: when i look at you James, i
0: see something (laughs) dark in you james uh, i really do i remember a movie no one saw but me uh called the d train oh right okay yeah well you're accurate there you're you're the only one that saw it (laughs) jack black saw it too Yes. Yes, and he yes. did go At the premiere. But the fact is, you're playing somebody in there who's successful, who's good looking, who ha who seemingly has everything, who's basically toxic and coming apart inside.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah. It was a. It was a. It was a movie with Jack Black and I. It was a comedy, if you can call it that. But yeah. it was really dark, mm-hmm. uncomfortable comedy. Mm-hmm. About uh, 20 years later. Jack's character, who was the nerd in high school, was trying to get the coolest guy in high school back mm-hmm. for the reunion. And he sees him on a deodorant commercial or something. And he thinks, oh, he went to Hollywood and he made it big. It would be great that, that he was the hero in high school. Let's bring him back and, and everyone will go to the reunion then, only to find that he is the most like self sabotaging, depressed, uh, broken uh, individual. And, and, and uh, Jack's character. Still holds him in this sort of like sycophantic high regard mm-hmm. you know and and the character that I play is just it's a really interesting because he used to be like you said you know he was the like prom king and he was the football stud and whatever and and now he's uh life has come by and handed him you know yeah. You know, you're you're not so great, Card, uh, and uh, so he's sort of dealing with that, but also enjoying the the sort of sunshine that Jack's character is giving him and mm-hmm. reminding him of what he was.
0: It's interesting to play that, though.
1: It oh to yeah, be. no, it's uh, it's why it was interesting to me when I read the script. It was, um, it was beyond. It was taking the like, the whatever, you know, um, marquee good-looking guy or whatever, mm-hmm. and then just turning it upside down, and um, seeing what happens if uh, if all of that adulation you know goes away and, and what happens if you build your life around that sort of attention and that sort of image of yourself yeah. and then all of a sudden it's extracted from your existence it's like yeah, what do really you got what happens yeah. after that period of time yeah well you have long long conversations with yourself about <laughs> what's important <laughs> and uh, yeah it was. Uh, I just thought it was a really interesting movie I know it wasn't what everyone expected or what you expected right because you were the only one that saw it <laughs> But well, I actually were, liked that there it. There were wasn't.
0: people at Sundance. There were, there okay. were more right, than yeah. that. There no, were, I liked there that. I'm glad you hours. saw it
1: because I, I, I've always respected you and held you in a very high regard and been a fan. Well, thank you. But what I was getting at here was you. You
0: have your own agency as you. Right. You're this kid in Oklahoma, right? Yeah. And you say somewhere along the line, I'm going to act because did you model first
1: what was the first thing you did well if you can call it that I was uh, I did some local modeling in Oklahoma City Mm -hmm. which um, which was in the Sunday paper which I mean Sunday paper I don't know if you can call it modeling but it was you know a lot of like Jason Penny (laughs) and stuff like that but whatever I was getting paid to stand there Um, but yeah I think I was when I was younger I discovered theater and what it felt like to be on stage and, and inhabiting other characters that weren't necessarily you and um singing and a lot of musical stuff and and um it was i was just young naive and confident enough to think why not move to hollywood and give this a crack you know the my older self might have been a little there been a little more trepidation about "Mm, what are the odds of that really happening you know but when you're 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 young and dumb and like arrogant and confident you're like you don't there's nowhere for you to fall When we're young, we're just bold, and we don't even Hmm. think about it. We just make decisions. Yeah, if I fall, who cares? Right. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of where I was. It was something that I wanted to... I don't
0: see... I don't hear an Oklahoma accent. Did you... Is that something you... Because I heard you some... I don't know where it was. You were doing impersonation of uh, Matthew McConaughey. That just seemed to me so right out on with his (laughs) Texas, you know, to do that. Are you good at that? Are you good at... uh,
1: I was... That was one of the reasons why I got into acting even in high school because I was I would go to school and my identity to other people around me was oh he's the like goofy goofy guy that does impersonations and accents and I would oh, memorize sorry. Richard Pryor Eddie Murphy stand up and have it down pat I would I would I would memorize old SNL sketches with Belushi and and uh, and Bill Murray and and uh, and I would go to school and I would do these bits for people and it would, it would just be an absolute like facsimile of of what I would see and I and so I I had a gift of mimicry I guess when I was young. Um, I think you still have it. Well, I, I say that a lot and that's sort of try to frame it in a self-deprecating way, which is actually true. Which is I'm more of a mimic than I am an actor. I just uh, I kind of you know I was never whatever professionally taught it was it was I would read the script I would see the movie in my head and I would see what was interesting about this character and I would see him in my head and the process for me is just sort of bringing that out and making that feel as normal as possible and sort of be the conduit of what this character's point is in in the show or the the movie and relaying that to the audience can you do a little of McConaughey for me in Texas there's certain places that have this sort of a a Texas whistle in his asses, and he kind of has a whistle to his asses <laughs> now you hear now you're hearing him out on the uh, what is it Carls Junior commercial <laughs> I can't remember what it says <laughs> that's, that's, on the Carl's Junior commercials but <laughs> You see, <laughs> it was the specificity of just that little bit there. But,
0: but there is, but mimicry and playing. What because, you know, I remember two of the performances that you've given that I think are just terrific in what they are. Both are in musicals. One is in Enchanted, where oh, you're Prince you. Edward. But there's nothing that you do that is mimicry. You never take that guy. He's funny, but he <laughs> you, he's not parody. He believes everything he's saying.
1: Oh yeah. Well, thank you. That that uh that was, that was. Amy sort of leading the charge there it was the idea that if this movie is going to work we are going to have to uh, approach this with 100% conviction which is these characters these animated characters come to life believe everything that they say and even if it sounds dopey or if it sounds naive or sounds you know just too overly Disney they in their minds you know this is very real to them they believe everything we're not winking at the audience this is a you know, there's a real uh, innocence and a real um, uh, truth to it all, I guess.
0: There is. There's a, there's that moment where, you know, he comes to visit her and she's, you're singing and she's not doing the singing. And basically, <laughs> you just say, why are you not singing? Right. And she says, I'm thinking. And you give a look at that. Yeah, yeah It was like, what? What is thinking? What is thinking? <laughs> what is this? What could it possibly be? And then when you did Hairspray, when you're Corny Collins and you're running the show and you're doing this, this is something else that you could have just mimicked. But instead, this guy is so committed to his show <laughs> and to everything he's doing
1: with it. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess there's, I, you know, I'll always pull a little bit of something in there from you know i guess in hairspray it was like those old 1950s talk show hosts that are just you know you know that sort of lacquered smile and yeah. you know and uh so it was inspired by some of those sort of dick clark you know uh um but uh but then yeah i think he again was like someone corny corny was someone who believed in that cause mm-hmm. and he got behind that movement and and uh and if it came from the soul and if it came from you know the sort of spirit of Goodness and the spirit of music and all that. Then he was like, "Hey, yeah, man, let it rip!" (laughs) So he did it in sort of a cheesy way, hence the name, Corny Collins. But, uh, but again, yeah, you're right. I think he was just uh, he. It was full conviction. You have to... Some characters, you just have to... There's great... It's a great liberation just sort of di- it, diving straight into. It's a gift because there's a glib way to do it and then there's a real way to do it. And well, you're, doing
0: I, it, you're doing it well, in, thank the, you. in the always, real
1: way to do it. I always thought that with comedy, the the, the, the way to approach it is if it's a drama. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to... You can't be letting the audience in on the joke. Mm-hmm. Like You can't let them know that you know it's a joke. You have to... You have to you have to approach comedy like it's like it's a drama, like it's real. There are real stakes, Mm -hmm. and that's when you know the funny stuff comes. I guess you haven't been on this show before. I have not. It ends Mm -hmm. in song, like I said before. I just heard. I
0: don't know what (laughs) Teddy is. What music? It's interesting. I wonder what he hears in his head.
1: Boy, (laughs) well, it's very different from season one to season two. It is. Went from a major to a minor key. (laughs) Um, Yeah, what does he hear in his head? I I
0: don't, is he listening to True Love's Kiss from Enchanted?
1: (laughs) Probably not. No. (laughs) Probably not. Um, I didn't think about it sort of, I I knew I had to like sing a line. I thought, what would be something that he would, that he would sing in the lyrics that sort of spoke to who he was and who she, you know, their their dynamic and their Mm -hmm. relationship and his sort of dedication and loyalty to, uh, to, to Dolores. And there's, a, there's a Josier song, I think I'm pronouncing it right, Josier? Josier song? Mm. Um, called uh, Work Song. And the lyrics are, do I sing now? Please, you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. Wait, I'm trying to get the key here. Uh, when my time comes around Lay me gently in the cold dark earth no grave can hold my body down. I'll crawl home to her. So that's kind of Dolores and Teddy's. I love it. It's almost <laughs> a spoiler. So I actually love that. We'll maybe, it. maybe. James,
0: thank you so much. That thank was, you. That was Great nerve-wracking. Concert,
1: I